0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Lady Parts Podcast. I'm your host, Nika Dean, and I'm so excited for you to join in on this week's conversation. We're discussing everything from being intersex, IUDs, smashing the patriarchy, and the rediscovery and the joy of reclaiming your menstruation in your 30s. It gets good, y'all. This week's guest is Fiona Tang. Fiona is a proud Chinese immigrant, she's an incredible writer, and she's in an Afro-Brazilian drumming band. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I enjoyed interviewing Fiona. Please stick around till the end to find out where you can find her and connect with her, or check out the show notes. And if there's something you'd like to hear on a future episode of the podcast, send me an email at helloladyparts at gmail.com. That address again is helloladyparts at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Lady Parts podcast. We're so excited this week to welcome Fiona Tang. Fiona, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's an (laughs) honor to be on the show. Yes. Fiona is one of my dear friends, Mm. but I would love for you to tell the folks a little bit about who you are, maybe what you do, and how you identify
1: I feel like these introduction questions is, off, is like really hard. Um, <laughs> how do I identify? I identify as a cisgendered um, heterosexual uh, woman of color who is an immigrant, um, who is a creative, who is a sister, is a daughter, um, and uh, a writer. Um, that's probably one of my favorite identities, more favorite identities, uh, as a writer.
0: Definitely. And I, I, agree. It's always very interesting when people are confronted with those questions. Yeah. Um, I believe the last episode of the podcast I had Cappy on and Cappy was just like, yeah, I'm a producer. I do this, I do that. And she was talking all about her work. So ah. it's always funny to see what people center in that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, what does the word lady parts evoke for you?
1: I was trying to think about that and I was like, well, you know, the immediate, the, the first immediate thought was like a, a probably some something that like a lot of people just naturally land on, which is sort of the, the physical body. Um the female-identified body. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I was, like, thinking, gearing up for this conversation that we're about to have, and so much of the journey is, like, not just about the physical body, but it's so much about the, like, inner workings of, um, of my body, including the hormones and the emotions. And so it starts to kind of feel like, the state of this, like, collective, broader state of being a woman. Mm. Okay, that's deep. Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. Um, I saw a picture not that long ago of a. It was just a regular drawing of a woman, and she was peeling off a piece of her shoulder, and mm. underneath, it wasn't that graphic. It was, a, mm. <laughs> it was just a regular TV drawing, mm. and underneath there was like the universe. And, Damn. Yeah, I thought that, that was so so impactful.
1: That's basically what I mean. <laughs> That's basically what, That's basically yeah, what I was yeah, saying. I just uh, that. That's all. It's the universe in us. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's the universe in us. From our bodies, we're
0: like, us <gasps> created. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting deep this morning. Uh, yes, works.
1: already tears of joy and celebration. <laughs> perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Well,. I know this week we wanted to explore a bit more about your journey, your mm-hmm. particular journey with PCOS. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, us being friends for a while, I know a bit about it, but I'd love if you would just take me through it, take the listeners through it, so you can learn a bit more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to talk about it in particular because we don't talk about it a lot, and it impacts so many people. Um, I got my period when I was 13, and between the ages of 13 and 17, period was very, very irregular. Um, so I, it was, you know, every three months, I mean, you just couldn't predict it three to six months. So it started irregular. It started right from the jump, very irregular. Okay. Um, and that was cause for concern, I guess that was the cause for concern. And so, um, got a couple of checkups and all that. Mind you, a lot of the, the symptoms, um, the physical symptoms of PCOS I didn't have at all. Um, and so they ran the tests and said, um, I think the term is sort of, you just, you have like the clinical symptoms. Um, can you, can you go through what the typical the symptoms? Sympto- the yeah. yeah. Um, the physical symptoms, um, I think it's, they, they say that you have like, um, a lot of hair growth mm-hmm. on your body. Uh, uh, Hirsutism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what I, uh-huh. it's that's, a
0: similar thing for um, women with fibroids. That's the only reason. Okay. I came across Got it. it. Yeah. Got it. I wonder
1: actually if the symptoms for these are similar because it's sort mm-hmm. of an increase in hormone at the end of the day, it's an increase in hormone in the body. Yeah. Um, uh, over the, the woman is often overweight mm-hmm. um, and has acne. Hmm. Okay. I think those are, and I, this is, this is challenging my memory from when this was being communicated to me a while back. So who knows science um, <laughs> has like evolved and we've learned a lot more about it. Um, and maybe those, there's more than that, but those, that's what I remember. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have any of those symptoms symptoms. And so another way to check for it is to just like actually check the hormone levels in your body. And so I went through all the tests And they were like, oh, you have a higher than average um, level of testosterone in your body. Therefore, you must have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, And it all kind of, it was so strange. The experience was like super impersonal. It wasn't very caring. Mm -hmm. It wasn't very, you know, this is, it was Unique to, not unique, but it was like, I know that it was a character of this particular doctor, but it was a crappy experience. And that was still when you were a teenager. I was 17. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: So, but so funny because you think about it and you, I understand completely walking in and like, this is your body, you know, this is your vessel that you move through the world with yeah. and you want somebody to at least treat it with the respect that yeah. you treat yourself with. Yeah. And it's very sterile. In the it sense is. of how they access it. They're just like, okay, well, this is what it is. Like, they're telling you, sorry, this book is out of
1: stock. Right. Yeah. Like, his. here's a fact. Yeah. Here's just, I dish this, like, ten times a day, so <laughs> let me not, I have no extra, you know, um, care or tenderness to offer you. And, like, at that age, so many of us, however we identify, like, we're still learning. Shoot, I'm still learning, and I'm 36 this year, but, like, We're learning so much about who we are. Our Mm -hmm. bodies are changing. And, you know, I would have appreciated much more context, not just care, but, like, more context. Like, how does this happen? And I remember that when the diagnosis was offered, um, they then made this – the doctor then said, well, if you have it, Fiona, then your sister and your mother also – have it. i was just about to ask about how yeah. hereditary that is to be to be honest with you like based on that piece of information what i remember is based on that piece of information i just assumed yeah um that it is passed down from mother to daughter however um neither of my mother or my sister um exhibits the physical symptoms either and their periods are also they're like Very regular and also um fertile so it was just like you know not to say that that the doctor was wrong but like a little explanation could have been really helpful like well how come it doesn't appear as though they have it how do we understand this better and maybe all this is testament to like how little research we do on women's reproductive health definitely um in turn, okay, in line with what
0: you said about it, like the hereditariness, um, I remembered when I was diagnosed with uh fibroids, and it's funny because every woman, well, yeah, actually, every woman in my family has it mm. except for my mother, mm. so it's interesting how these genetics come into play, huh. where it's like one person who has it but the rest don't, or vice versa, right. Um, And I wonder, considering that your mom and your sister did not have PCOS, how did you internalize that? Like, did you feel like maybe there was something off about you, especially because 17 is such like a young, tender age, right? We're still trying to figure Mm -hmm. out who we are and what independence actually means. So I can Mm. imagine how that might have been internalized.
1: Hmm. I don't know if I thought too much about them not having it versus me having it. Mm. Okay. Um honestly, I just didn't believe that they had it. Okay. I didn't believe it. I don't it, I wasn't the 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 whole diagnosis and the, it wasn't it wasn't held with care and mm. wisdom and confidence in a way that I was like I really trust you and I trust mm. what you're saying to me. So I genuinely am like I'm doing a shrugging um <laughs> gesture right now. I'm like I don't know if I Believe that they have it. Um, in my very <laughs> non-scientific, just intuition um, <laughs> feelings, but but that's more speaks to just the environment and the um, the way in which all this sort of unfolded. Okay, when I was seventeen. Okay, thank you for
0: sharing. That. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. Once you were diagnosed, what was the course of treatment?
1: Um, I think for lots, it's to get on birth control, mm-hmm. um, to regulate your periods. Um, it seems it today is still the primary way. Um, if not maybe even the only way that women are offered, um, any solution to PCOS. So I started taking the pill, um, you know, without like, no, I don't know if back then that was, you know, 18 years ago. Like, I don't know if there were a whole lot of other options then, but like on the pill. Mm-hmm. Um, there were many, many trips I took to Planned Parenthood to like, um, buy, you know, packs and packs, um, when I didn't have health care, and they also became a really, really important part of my journey. Um, it's kind of crazy because I look back to the 17 years of being on birth control, hormonal birth control. And I wonder to myself, and and also so much of that was, it was between 17 and let's see, 34. So, so much of that is such a like, you know, you're like critical, Development Development years, critical emotional development, um, physical development years. And I look back and I'm like, God, like who would I have been really? Mm -hmm. And what would I, what would I have felt really if I hadn't been regulated chemically, Mm -hmm. hormonally? Wow. I really do think about that when I think about the relationships that I had and the, like, you know, I've had some really hard relationships and um, a lot of, like, trauma that that have shown up in my relationships. But I also wonder, like, how much of that um, was me versus, like, a chemically, hormonally regulated me.
0: Yeah. We'll never know. <laughs> that's so okay. We're going even deeper this oh, week. Oh, <laughs> deep, deep, deep things. That's amazing. I wouldn't have even thought of that in terms of, like, the chemically... I want to say chemically treated you versus the all natural you. Um, are there, I mean, I know you've been thinking about that for a while. Are there ways that you do think you, I I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. That's okay. It,
1: I mean, it's just like being on the pill. Um, different brands have different, um, have you been, yeah. Have you been on the pill? Um, very briefly. Okay. Uh,
0: I heard that, uh, Well, that might be on another episode. Uh Yeah. um, So I also have a pseudotumor cerebri. Mm. Um, It's essentially a a benign, or I should say benign. Well, yeah, it's kind of like it acts like a brain tumor. Mm.
1: It's a benign Mm.
0: condition. Yeah. Mm. Um, Thankfully, now in remission. But one of the things that has been linked to pseudotumor is birth control. And shortly after going on birth control, I was diagnosed. So, that is a whole other episode <laughs> that will come soon. But I do wonder about that version of me as well. Girl,
1: <laughs> I am feeling rage. Against the machine Against and the patriarchy. the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling rage. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. So I know that was the beginnings of your PCOS journey. Mm-hmm. And obviously you said Planned Parenthood had a big role mm-hmm. in the support and what was going on throughout. But what about modern day? Mm-hmm. Um, what is your... <clears throat> you? So you what is your... Okay, wait. You mentioned birth control
1: in terms of the pill. Are yeah. there any other forms of birth control that you yeah. utilize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it became more popular... Um, in the, like, I guess like around 2010s, mm-hmm. um, I got on the IUD, the hormonal IUD. Um, so the Marina okay. IUD and that was in 2012. Uh, it mm-hmm. was in 2012 and it was so painful. I don't know what I was expecting, I mean, that, it kind of looks a little painful. <laughs> it's like this tiny, tiny, itty-bitty little plastic thing. But it's like a mini uterus. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know what I was expecting. I am not a very, I, I go about life doing things based on feelings a lot rather than like research. I'm getting better. <laughs> but rather than like researching what people's experiences were, I was like, I think this will be good for me and I like talked to a few friends and they you know they're like it's been a very good form of um birth control so like based on that I was like cool I'm, I'm gonna get one it was so painful because my uterus every 20 minutes was like get out <laughs> get, oh, no. what did you put it? get it out and it was just contracting to get it out. And I was like, oh. And I like decided to go back to work after getting oh. it. I don't know why. It passed <laughs> in a day or so. Um, and then I ended up keeping it in my body for about five, six, six years or so. Okay. Um, and it was a really good form of birth control because you don't have to, rem- and for all the reasons, you don't have to remember to take a pill. You really don't feel it in your body. Um, the release of hormone is a lot more concentrated and targeted okay. rather than throughout your body like a pill. So in that sense, I did like it. Okay. Ouch.
0: <laughs> um- <laughs> For everybody listening, I am like eh. clenching everything over <laughs> here. Um, okay, so I wonder, because I'm not as well versed in um in the IUDs because after my brief history with birth control, okay. it's like, okay, not doing anything mm-hmm. yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder, like, is there any
1: kind of maintenance with that? How is it mm. maintained in your body? it actually really doesn't require much okay it really doesn't you go through for some people it's up to 36 hours i think um of like your physical reaction to having this foreign thing inserted into your uterus and then um and then after that it actually i think the research that came out recently extended its utility Um, in the body for an even longer period of time. So when I had inserted it, they told me, I want to say, they told me it was like good between five, seven years. And now the research says it's actually good for up to like nine years, 10 years. Don't quote me exactly, but it's even longer. So it's longevity and function in your body is can be, you can literally like put it in there and sort of forget about it. Set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. it. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you still use your IUD? IUD? No, I, um, so what's interesting with the hormonal IUD is cause there's a hormonal IUD and then there's a copper IUD, which doesn't have any, um, hormones in it. And the hormonal one, um, is known to over time, stop you from having a period completely. Mm -hmm. And so I think about like two years time, I stopped getting my period. You're making a face.
0: I am (laughs) making a face. So fun fact, Fiona and I had a weekend trip upstate Uh and we were watching, no, Binge watching, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ninety Day Fiance. (laughs) Um, I think we were watching two different seasons at once, but that's irrelevant. Um, (laughs) So this newest season of Ninety Day Fiance, Mm -hmm. there is a woman there talking about an IUD that she had, and she she mentions that she still got pregnant despite having an IUD. Oh dang! Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if you were at home. And you have an IUD, you might want to check some of that stuff out in case
1: you're like super, you know, trying not to have any more children.
0: But oh, I that, that, was,
1: that is good to know. I mean, I, you know, I think the IUD is like really high percentage of like 99. I would, I would
0: hope so, but I just uh, think it's interesting yeah. that someone was able to get pregnant with it Dang. there. Yeah. That's not good.
1: No, yeah. not at all. That's not good. Okay, okay. It's good to know. I mean, I guess yeah. they say there's always a chance, I mean, aside from abstinence, I mean, like yeah. there's like, always a chance.
0: Even with condoms, it's like a mm-hmm. point there, one, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. There's
1: always a chance. Yeah,
0: that's true. Okay, so I, I believe the reason I kind of brought this up, yeah. not IUD Fiance, but <laughs> the IUD was also because now that you're not using the IUD anymore, I assume your cycle has started back up.
1: Yeah, so actually, I also wanted to share a bit about how I got to not having, how I got to, like, taking the IUD out. Of course, go ahead. Um, because, so I, I so right, two years into the journey, I stopped getting my period, and I thought that was a great thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was like, great, I don't, I, you have to, like, spend money on buying products. I didn't, um, and I still don't have very heavy periods, but even then, it was just, like, a thing that I don't have to worry about. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was a good thing and, um, through a related, but also just a much bigger health, um, reckoning, if you will. Um, I started exploring Eastern medicine Mm. and, um, I started seeing an acupuncturist among a lot of different things. It was quite a journey in and of itself. And, um, but I started seeing an acupuncturist who was like, who discovered that I was on an IUD Yes, more one and that I didn't have the period. And she was like, what do you mean you don't have your period? And I was like, I just don't get it. It's like normal. It's fine. Science. <laughs> 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 and she, you know, first being somebody who's trained in traditional Chinese medicine, um, letting your body experience its natural cycles is one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. It is, It is your body saying that now it's time to, like, release this thing once a month. And it is very important that you honor that. And to her, it was, like, a huge shock that I was, like, not letting my body do that. Mm. She is the sole reason, really, actually, that it was not because I, like, changed partners or became not sexually active or anything. She was the reason who was, like, really convinced me and helped me understand, like, letting your body flow is... Deeply, deeply important um, for a lot of different reasons. And so she's the reason that I ended up deciding um, to take out my IVD.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: How when you say she discovered, <laughs> I'm like,
0: I have a very active imagination. Oh like, well, my God.
1: No. Not like that. Like, <laughs> not like that. She's I digging mean, around. She's like, oh my, what it oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, well, That's she not even like, what acupuncture <laughs> it? oh my gosh (laughs) miseducation on this podcast the
0: miseducation of lady parts (laughs) um no i meant was she like doing acupuncture on Mm. an area of your body and was like oh this is weird this is what controls like your womb Mm. or what have you or Mm. did you verbally just explain
1: yeah it's not that cool (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) i think um one of the first things that like a check-in like a conversational check in with her okay. is often like, which is why I love Eastern medicine. It's like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's your partnership with your person or whatever? And then also, like, when was your last menstrual cycle? How are your cycles and that kind of thing?
0: So, the complete opposite of the experience you have when you're 17. They're yes, centering, centering the
1: person. And yes, so true. It yes. was so, it's yes, it's like full of just the questions alone, like, to Me is like, oh, I'm a whole person, mm-hmm. and my physical and my, and my emotional and my hormonal are all tied and connected. Mm. Lovely, so, yeah, perfect.
0: Okay, so yes, um, you were saying that she's the reason why you decided to take out mm-hmm. the IUD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was taking
1: out the IUD as painful or you know, emotionally? No, no, okay. um, no, not at all. Oh. It's literally. It was. That's it. It was just. I love the sound effect. Two two (laughs) seconds. A little tug. Bleep. And then nothing. Like yeah, I didn't feel anything afterwards. Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Like a world apart. Yeah. So many questions.
1: So, after you took it out, what was that like? Like, were you nervous for your first? Okay. I was really nervous. I, I guess I should say that another reason why, in addition to my acupuncturist suggesting that it's probably a good idea to take it out, mm-hmm. in addition to that, um, I realized that taking it out meant that I was going to be off of hormone regulation. The first time, mm-hmm. let me say this again taking the IUD out would mean that I would invite my body. Um, to come to its own natural cycle for the first time after 17 years of being hormonally regulated. Like, I had to sit with that for a second. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it just, it was a kind of getting emotional just thinking about that, but also just like how many people's bodies are regulated in this way. And, you know, after being regulated for so long, I didn't know if I was going to get my own. I just didn't know what my body was going to be like. Yeah. Then, you know, it's like a rediscovery of self. Uh, yeah. yeah. And where are my own natural hormones at these days? I have no idea. So it was a little bit of a waiting game to just like, okay, body, I'm with you. I love you. We're here together. We're going to do this thing. <laughs> We're going to, you know, experience the cycle together. Um, and then I think maybe. Something like 35 to 40 days after it was removed, um, I got my first period. And I was like overjoyed. <laughs> I think I recall. <laughs> you might have been there. Um, I don't know how graphic I can get, but let's just say the first signs of period in the bathroom stall, I was like, I was like near tears, like, it's happening. (laughs) My body is capable and I am okay. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) this sort of also was in line with like, jump-starting this desire probably talking to you as a part of it too and talking to starting to talk to other people about it it's just jump-started this desire to like take control back yeah um and so i started using the flow app
0: mm-hmm. to track
1: periods i use
0: the flow do app you too. okay
1: did you do like a whole research to figure out which one's best i didn't okay. i just had one that i thought wasn't really that great so i looked and i saw the good ratings and i was like okay this
0: seems good cool yeah
1: Yeah. So I started um, tracking. I've never done that before. I mean, I just literally didn't know what to expect. I was like bracing myself ready for, oh no, it has, it's been three months. I'm not going to get it. Just ready for anything. anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I can imagine the anxiety of like, is it going to come? Is it not going to come? And then getting it and like, just... My gosh, the the overwhelming amount of emotions that you must have experienced. And then even just rediscovering it, right? Like, is it still what it was when I was a teenager? Yeah. Is it heavier? Is it a longer length? Like, what what works best? Tampons
1: or pads or whatever else kind of thing you want to use? Totally. Yeah. I felt like a teenager. No joke. (laughs) I felt felt like a, a young, a very young person, like, getting their period for the first time. I both felt very young in that sense and discovery of, like, I, like, again, I don't know how graphic I can, but, like, I'm, like, really interested when I see the, like, the lining come out. Mm -hmm. I, like, stare at it. I kind of touch it, (laughs) tap it a little. I'm, like, this beautiful thing is coming out of my body on cue. Um, it's just so fascinating. I'm t- I, I, I love it. Every month I still love it. It's been probably yeah. a year and some months. Um, and so in that sense, it feels a little childlike. And then in, in a different sense, I feel like, like the grown woman in me is like reclaiming this part of what for me, it means to be a woman. Yes. Um, And so there's a lot, there's just such an emotional, there's a spectrum of emotions happening. Um. (laughs) I love it. Like the church lady in me is like, hallelujah. Yes, (laughs) Yes, praise,
0: praise. Oh my goodness. No, definitely. (laughs) It's like you're you're very literally shedding what's no longer serving you. Uh And the idea that you're able to just embrace yourself in that way seems so... Freeing isn't the right word. Mm-hmm. It's like um gratifying. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you're like,
1: okay, this is who I am, this is mm-hmm. me whole, and I accept yeah. it. It's it's gratifying, it's actualizing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And it's so simple. It's like such a simple thing. And like women everywhere, you know, please every month <laughs> yeah, complain about it, but I'm literally here. I'm like, I, the days that I get my period, I tell people, I probably told you, yeah. I was like, I got my period today. So it's it's just silly. I feel silly most times, but it's also really lovely.
0: Honestly, watching your journey with this and you rediscovering your your cycle mm-hmm. and what that means for you has actually made me appreciate mine a bit more. Mm. I've always been like, oh my God, this thing
1: again. Um, Is it hard? you have a hard experience?
0: I have it easier than I used to. Okay. Um, during the whole fibroid process, it was like, I would be bleeding for sometimes two weeks and it would be heavy from day one to day 14. Um, and that's Whoa. why, I, yeah, I was like heavily anemic Whoa. because of that.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, yeah,
0: it was bad. Oh my goodness. Um, and the pains, like, I remember distinctly there was like, um, if you have a butcher knife, it remember it was like an upward stabbing motion. Like somebody oh, was standing on their knee. My God. Um, so there were days that I would have to be working from home
1: or just take off because I couldn't do it. Um yeah.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, oh
1: <my> <laughs> that no, don't be sorry. It just it's um it's just like coloring the experiences, the vast yeah. uh experiences that it was, um, people yeah. can have.
0: It was a wow. lot
1: that unjuggling like
0: this watermelon inside of my body oh my that was pushing things out of the way, you know? Um, since the fibroids removal surgery, thankfully, it's been night and day. Hmm. Like I might get a cramp, I might get some acne, but it is nothing like it was before. Hmm. Actually for Thank my goodness. for my last cycle, I didn't get any cramps. I okay. was just fatigued oh. AF. Okay. But I okay. was like, I will take that any day yeah. over like Freddie and Jason coming to get me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, just, wow. it's fascinating. <clears throat> but in this process, I'm grateful for many reasons. But mm. watching your journey has definitely made me think of my own cycle in a different way. And I was just like, oh, right. Like, this is really great. And I'm getting to relearn really who I am because mm. I didn't know who I was without those painful cycles. Mm. Um, but I do have another fun question. Oh, yes, hi.
1: ask. Did you no? have a
0: question? Mm-hmm. Um, with the gift of our <laughs> menstrual cycles. <laughs> Comes nice framing. <laughs> Thank you. Comes the gift of PMS and all these other symptoms. Oh. And I'm curious how that has come up for you, too. What are some of the symptoms that you've experienced?
1: Okay, so when I say that I love my period, I kind of just <laughs> like, I'm like, I get fascinated by the things that's coming out of my body. I don't love the PMS. Okay. I don't. Um, the first. The first six to eight months of like resuming periods, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel PMS, and then, um, or actually maybe in the first year, and then like I hit the sort of around the first year mark, mm-hmm. um, I started really noticing the last the week leading up to the period being um, incredibly, incredibly draining, incredibly depressive Mm. um I I go to dark places I don't socialize I um take things out on my partner (laughs) um my deepest darkest insecurities uh suffocate me I just like I don't remember that being so I don't think that I've ever experienced it that way so Mm. being 30 by then 35 and like Having this experience of what you know now, I can understand as PMS, but at the time I'm like, why? What is? <laughs> it's, it's just what's so. What's with me? What's
0: going on? <laughs> yeah. It's super hard. It's so funny too, though, because you're like, who is this different version of myself oh my God. that is? just hypersensitive to all of the emotions. That right, you get really,
1: right. I You get very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: put a dog commercial on the TV and I will bawl my eyes out. Like, it is so bad. <laughs> I think um, my partner came home and I don't know, what, what was it? I think I was watching Downton Abbey of all things. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was. And it was an episode, oh my gosh, it was like the worst one. It was an episode where one of the, I won't give it away in case anybody's, like, in the midst of catching up on Downton Abbey. (laughs) Um, One of the characters experienced something traumatic, and Mm. um, their partner passed away. Mm. I was a mess. Mm. I was, like, I was sitting on the couch holding myself together. As soon as Ray gets through the door, I walk up, and I was like... Mind you, I've seen Downton Abbey like fifty times. Oh I knew what was happening, <laughs> but <laughs> there is something that just comes up for me every time. They that just I can't take control.
1: They do. Yeah, <laughs> you're like possessed by your emotions. You I know. Don't I, mm-mm. That's hilarious. I'm gonna just
0: have like a sad movie night and try to cry it all out. That's
1: real. I don't know I, that's not, not just, That's real. It'll either work or I'll just be super dehydrated. Well, if you invite me, I'll ensure that we have plenty of water to go oh my around. Gosh. At um, some point, we're probably going
0: to start sinking. What your cycles sink if you hang out a lot?
1: Oh, oh, sink! Yeah. I was like, why are we s i n k sinking? It's the sunken place. Oh, I don't want to. Oh no! But it does feel like a it does place. feel like. Oh yeah, place. <laughs> yeah. It actually feels very much like a sunken. Oh my god! I think goodness. we've already synced our cycles. I think we might have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Um, I did have another question for Mm. you because I know obviously with me and my journey, I told you I was anemic and I had to go on iron pills. Mm. Um, Is there, are there any supplements that you've had to be on as a result of?
1: Yeah. Um, I discovered by the time, like, I think by month three, Mm -hmm. I was noticing that the like PMS was happening. And and, um, I've also heard from people around me that like, and in my family that like, um. Uh, now I forget the acronym, but like a depressive state of PMS, they experience that, and so I was becoming. It's like P-P- PMDD. Yes, P M D D. Thank okay. you. Um. <clears throat> um. And they are experiencing it, and so I was beginning to like, you know, connect the dots. I was like, oh, this is what it is, and I started researching um, natural ways to boost mood, mm. um, to boost serotonin levels. Okay. Um, and there was an NIH, um, study that was released that, um, people who took calcium pills, mm-hmm. um, daily saw a boost in their serotonin and like dramatic mood change prior to their periods occurring, not in the first month of taking it, but by the second month had experienced, mm. um, Traumatic mood lifts. And so uh, I started... You can look at my whiteboard. I'm pointing to my whiteboard <laughs> right now. I started I started it almost exactly two months ago. Um, and so at this current day, like today, I'm about a week out <laughs> from my period. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. So this episode's in good timing. <laughs> yes, it's really good timing. I'm feeling really, really good. Good. I'm feeling really good. Um so that and then I think I've all just, just been like um, exercising more regularly. Mm-hmm. I actually, last weekend, I went to um, a silent-ish retreat for three and a half days during which I gave myself a practice, an acronym for the things I don't want to practice for my mood to to stay positive and happy. And um, the acronym is, I, ugh, no, I don't remember. Meg's—it's not very great, but it's meditation, exercise, getaways, mm. um, just getting outside of the city, and then supplements. Oh, I like that. Yeah, is it—is that the order in which you're prioritizing those things? No, they can totally move around. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're way more creative than I am with like words and ac- like things like that. So if you come up with a um different version i'm down i i will think on it okay think
0: on it also i think listeners if you come up with something
1: feel free yeah. to leave a comment and we
0: will we will have an update for you yes there. yes exactly wonderful okay perfect so let's see um actually i'm curious i mean we've been talking about all of this so much and i think there's some great things that you shared and this whole conversation is a resource for our listeners, but there mm. are there any other resources that you had mm. during your journey that you mm. think would be worth sharing for someone going through PCOS?
1: Um, you know what I really like? I like following people on Instagram who do really dope work around reproductive justice and reproductive rights. Um, one of them is... Um, someone that I know from years ago um, who is an intersex activist and -hmm. it was actually from one of their posts that I learned that PCOS, people who have PCOS can possibly um, be considered intersex. And so just, it's something that I'd never thought about before at all and um, seeing the resources that they post Mm -hmm. um, is really helpful for me to think about things um, that are not commonly taught in, you know, in our health um, or in support of our health. So, yeah, I just, I like finding those folks on Instagram and just follow them and sort of like kind of regularly check in and see what can I learn today. Definitely. Um, For some of the listeners who might not be as familiar with these terms, can you explain what intersex means? Oh, I don't know if I can do it justice. (laughs) To be honest with you, I'm going to um, give you this person's handle, though, if that's okay. Definitely. Um, The person's name is Sean Saifa Wall, and their handle is um, Saifa Emerges. So it's S-A-I-F-A-E-M-E-R-G-E-S.
0: Saifa Emerges.
1: Yeah, and their little bio says, I am an intersex activist, visual artist, and believe that another world is possible. And um, Saifa can tell you a lot more about what intersex is.
0: Fantastic. I'll be yeah. sure to tag that in the show notes. Too, mm. so okay, cool. Let's do it.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, then, other than resources, is there anything that you wish you knew when you started this journey?
1: Uh, Ugh. <laughs> I... Wish I had known a lot of things, but I think the thing that I wish would be different mostly is that like, this wouldn't be such a mystery that like we emerge as young girls into young adulthood. Um, being taught to listen to our bodies, to witness our bodies, observe, understand, and be given the kind of um, knowledge and care and tenderness Mm -hmm. to hold that discovery along the way. Um, I don't want to normalize the kind of like um, curt experience that I, the curt and sort of cold and sterile experience that I had yeah. around my reproductive health when I was 17. So I, that's what I wish would be different, really, mostly. Definitely. Definitely. Um I second that. Mm-hmm.
0: I won't put on my church lady voice again, but I second that. You can do it. You <laughs> do it together. <laughs> um, it's just so funny because this is obviously only episode three, but mm-hmm. I... I had a lot of struggles with my own journey with my healthcare providers because I I, it felt very sterile. I know. Yeah. Cappy also, on her last episode, mentioned mm. feeling the same way. She went in and she was actually uh, gaslit a bit, actually. Yeah. They told her, they were like, oh, yeah, the pain is fine. Just take some of the leave and go home. And then she had a cyst that burst and she, like, fainted. Oh, my God. And it was, she went to the hospital, I think, like two times and they sent her home each time. Yeah. And that could have been prevented, you yeah. know. So the fact of them treating us like objects instead of people, instead of human beings, and yeah. the lack of care in yeah. the yeah. healthcare system—it's <laughs> just—it's—it's it's just a narrative that I That's keep hearing
1: reiterated. I wouldn't do justice to my values if I actually didn't just close with two more words. Go ahead, which is undo patriarchy. Mm. Hear that's it, yes, yes. (laughs) Invest in research in women's reproductive health, invest in women and girls' bodies and Mm -hmm. well being and mental wellness, like, invest in all of it. Um, that's what I'll say. That was fantastic. (laughs) I'm smiling like a proud mama. Fiona, thank you so much. Oh, it's so good to be here. And this conversation was also really, um, a really, really profound one for me to have had with you.
0: Thank you. Same. It's always great to learn much more about your journey and about you as a person. Thank you. Um, I'm curious, where can people find you?
1: Oh, um, well, they can find me on Instagram. On the grams. On the Grams, because I also, <laughs> um, as a writer and as a writer of color who also reads a lot of incredible writers of color, I also do a little thing here and there um, in my Gram handle around um, centering um writers of color wisdom. So you can find me at Fiona Ying Hang Tang, which is my full name and I'm reclaiming it. um, To yeah, to learn more about me.
0: Perfect. Is there anything else you want to shout out?
1: Um, Go lady parts. Go lady parts. (laughs) Show all of your lady parts.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please go forward and support your local Planned Parenthood and check out the show mm-hmm. notes for all the wonderful information. Um, yeah. If you have any anything you want to drop to us, let us know in the comments. Shoot us an email at helloladyparts at gmail.com or if you want to hear yourself on a future episode of the podcast, send us a voice message at anchor.fm backslash ladyparts That's anchor.fm, as in Frank and Mary, slash ladyparts. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.